Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today, you guys. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Friday, November the 19th. Today is Meet My Friend Friday, and I am just so excited to have a brand new friend in the studio here in Vancouver with me today. And we're going to encourage you, uh, just those of you who are suffering and struggling right now, uh, we've got a real a real encourager in the studio today. Josephine Wenzel is here, and Josephine has been a longtime resident here in Clark County, and she right now has just released a book called The Chase in Hot Pursuit of My Daughter's Killer, and I'm sure you're going to wonder what the this is about stick around i think you're going to be encouraged All right, you guys. So a couple of things before we get started today. I want to remind you that there's a brand new study getting ready to launch over at Mom Strong International. We're going to be studying Advent for the month of December, a study on hope. And we need hope right now more than ever. And I want to just encourage you. We're doing a little bit differently this time. My son-in-law, Ryan. And my daughter, Savannah, are writing this particular study, and we are writing it for you not to do alone, but to do as a family. And so it's going to be a family devotional type of a study. You guys are not going to want to miss it. I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today so that you can get reminded to join MomStrong International for the month of December. I think you guys are going to be very, very blessed. And then in January, we're going to move right on ahead. We've got a whole wonderful schedule of wonderful Bible studies that are going to start launching for you in the new year. I don't know about you. But I am getting ready to kick 2021 to the absolute curb. (laughs) Goodbye. I said the other day, I think I'm going to have a goodbye 2021 party. Uh, And in fact, I am going to do that. So I'm going to keep you guys posted. We're going to be uh, doing a fundraiser for the congressional campaign that is going to be a New Year's Eve party, and we are going to kick 2021 to the curb and look forward to what God's going to do in 2022. So I hope you guys will join me for that. All right, you guys, in the studio today with me, I have a brand new friend. Uh, Josephine Wenzel is here. I first heard about her because she's got a brand new book coming out about her daughter's murder. And I thought, boy, I you know this is an, an interesting story. I come to find out she loves the Lord. And she we have several, uh, several friends in common. In 2006, uh, Josephine lobbied for transparency in adoption with the Washington State Legislature. Another thing that piqued my interest, she was able to get Senate Bill 6635 passed and uh, just an incredible lady with an incredible drive who has been through really uh, quite a remarkable story of love and loss. Josephine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here, Heidi. I appreciate it. So it's a it's really a joy to have you here. As you and I have been sitting here kibitzing before I hit record, I was like, "Man, we got it. I got to hit record because this is this stuff is so good." You are you've been here in Clark County for a long time, but yes. you are uh, a number eleven of fifteen children. Yes, hats off to your mama. Thank you. That I actually, is... uh, she had a miscarriage uh, before me. Oh wow! And one after me. Oh my goodness. So I think the devil was targeting me. Right? Right? <laughs> right. Wow. And you you're not you so you were in you've been in California. You were born in Guam, right? Originally? Yes. yes. And so tell us about that cuz I love for listeners to get to know just a little bit about who you are before we launch into the story because you're going to be at the time of this recording, you will have just been on Access Hollywood talking about your daughter's murder and what you have been doing to pursue justice for your daughter but let's go back to uh to guam because for goodness sake from guam to california to washington that's a bit of a journey (laughs) quite a journey actually um my mother was from guam my dad um 
was uh, came from Hawaii, and um, they met and married on the tiny little island of Guam. And the interesting story is my mom, my grandfather was killed during the Japanese War when they landed, um, I should say invasion. And um, my mom was 12 years old, and her and her twin sister were actually kidnapped by the Japanese oh, wow. and, and held as, as slaves. And so growing up, I heard her story over and over about her loss and how, mm-hmm. you know, she had to endure the things that she did and she's seen. And so, you know, it was for such a time as this, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I didn't know that then. But right. uh, Well, and isn't it true for all the things the Lord brings us through? Absolutely. You look back at your life and, and there are moments, I think, that are sort of salient moments when you go, Oh, yes. that's what that was for. Just yes. getting me ready for this. Kind of like in a nutshell, everything came together. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my when my daughter was killed. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so it's a tiny little island. And while I was there growing up, I, you know, I was always about law and justice. I always felt that, you know, what was right was right and what was wrong was wrong. And my dad was very strong in, you know, imparting that to us as children. Uh, we basically took care of ourselves. Uh, we lived poor. We were poor, but yet we were rich because mm-hmm. we raised our own animals. We grew our own vegetables. You know, yes, we had to share shoes and clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, we had to use safety pins to hold it up. And we had to stuff shoes with newspapers to fit our little feet. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went through all that. But that was great. It was a lesson for me that mm-hmm. no matter what situation you were in, you can be happy. Mm-hmm. And those are probably the happiest times of my life. That's a really good lesson for right now. Yes, it is. Yeah, because, because we're coming into some hard times right now. Inflation and a lot of people realizing maybe they're not going to have the things that they wanted to have or the things that they thought they needed. And the truth is we don't need very much. You don't. What you need is happiness. You Mm got to be content inside with God is Mm -hmm. really what you need. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when you are, no matter where you're at or what you face, you're always going to be happy internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that joy really comes from the Lord. Yes. Right. I mean, yes, that's absolutely. Where that, that joy of the Lord. It was Nehemiah, you know, reminding the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It doesn't come from any other place. And that's how we get through, through difficult times. So you guys, so you get married and yes. you start having babies and then you move your family to Glendora. Yes. Yes. And how, what was that like? It was, it was interesting because then I wasn't working. I didn't have my career then. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I got involved actually in Christian coalition when they first came about. Okay. And uh, that's when my activism started. And, you know, um, I was involved in a lot. I got to know Ralph Reed when he was young and, you know, so, um, and I got to see the changes that mm-hmm. was happening in 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 politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're entering Very to that. Rapid and, oh changes. gosh, it is! I can't believe it. It's yeah. just I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something well, I mean, came we were, in and took over. We were talking about this on the show a couple of weeks ago that um, politics, and I think people have forgotten this because the church has said, "Oh, we wash our hands of that. We don't get involved in politics. We don't, you know." And the church in in you know, moving out of the political realm has allowed evil to fill the vacuum in so many ways because politics in and of itself is neutral. It's all about the people. Politics is like money. Money's neutral. What if I give my money to a sex trafficker, that money becomes being used for wickedness. It's the same thing. You give political position to someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit or someone who has a selfish or an evil intent, and then it becomes evil. 
Right. They're representing themselves, Mm -hmm. basically. They're Mm -hmm. not representing you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly right. And I think, you know, the conversations now, I mean, like you were saying, it's politics in the last 20 years has taken a nosedive, right? So now we're trying really hard to, we're trying, at least I am here in, in CD3, trying to restore integrity to the political positions that are uh, that we that we elect people for, and so it it absolutely matters. So you moved. When did you move to Vancouver? Because you were in Guam, then you're in California, and then you moved. I moved to Vancouver about to 1987. Okay. Yes. All right. And so you've been here. You've been here ever since. And yes. you got involved in a lot of things that were happening here locally. Ran for yes. city council. You're involved in the and the bridge. Yes. Trying to keep the tolls off of the bridge. Yes. We're gonna, looks like we're going to have that fight again. Yes. Looks like we're going to get yes. to do that again. Uh, that's exciting. But then you your life took a, a pretty devastating turn. Yes, it did. In 2016. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. So um, my daughter was killed. Um, she had uh, taken a trip on June 10, 2016, to San Diego, uh, California. Uh, she lived in Phoenix, and so she takes weekend trips mm-hmm. to California. And uh, during that time, she was experiencing some problems with an ex-boyfriend that was stalking her. And so, um, you know, she was a property manager. And during that time, this this guy, her killer, uh, later on, we find out who he was, but came to her and said, hey, you know, let me help you. And um, I am a former Marine and, you know, um, I have an extra gun, you know, you can use to protect yourself. Gave her a gun, gained her confidence and uh, one day she decided to take a trip with him to San Diego, and he killed her. Mm. Well, unbeknownst to her, he was out on bond from Riverside, California, for attempting to kill his wife. She didn't know anything about this guy. I mean, she just started to date him like three weeks prior to him killing her. Mm. Mm. And so... Um, and then he fled... To he fled. Mexico and then to Central America. And you waited and waited and waited. Mm-hmm. And after months of seemingly nothing's Six happening, you, you decide to take matters into your own hands yes. and you're going to pursue this guy yourself. Yes. And so uh, I'm talking to, um, you know, I started trying to examine, like, what happened? Who was this guy? Why did he kill my daughter? What what went down? I didn't really have the answer. And how you old know. was she when she was She murdered? just turned 30. So she was so young. May 21st was her birthday. Mm. And she had two children. Two small children. Mm-hmm. And uh, I and I'm, they're living with me now. Mm-hmm. And I have to raise them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's been... It's been quite an experience, mm. I'll tell you that. Mm. Um, it's a parent's worst nightmare, so nobody likes to think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I say, but God. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you, as you and I were talking about just before, uh, there was a, a gentleman that came on my show last week, Steve Ryder, whose wife uh, was just in her late 20s. She died during COVID because mm. of the the lockdowns, right? And he believes if they would have let him come in and see her, give her different kinds of treatments, she wouldn't have died. Mm. And he took his anger and his frustration and turned it into activism to mm. make sure that this never happens again. 
yes. to anyone else. And really that's a large part of what you're doing. Yes. You've, you've taken this, this sorrow, this, this hurt. And I think your story is going to resonate with somebody. You don't have to have a, a child be murdered to uh, feel hopeless right now. Right. And that's certainly the case, but you took what happened to your daughter and you decided to turn it also that anger and frustration into something good. And you founded uh, the Angels of Justice, right? Tell tell me about that. So uh, first of all, you know, when I started experiencing, you know, the grief process, I didn't know if I'd ever get out of it. Mm. I just, it was a black hole that I saw every day. Mm -hmm. It was real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally like was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. It was so bad. And um, there was this hole and it, Every time I walked by, it grabbed me, and it was just this greenish, slimy hole that would suck me under. And I just remember hanging on with my hands over the top, and I wanted to let go. Mm. And the Spirit said, if you let go, you may never come back up. Mm. And I had to fight. And the one thing I thought was I started looking around, researching who has gone through this and come through. Is there anybody that can live beyond this grief? And that's what I was searching for. And I was determined to get through because, you know, God can overcome anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I, I said, I can't, I can't be this like, like this forever. And I can't allow this to take me down. And so I had to fight back. And um, let me just say that I, I know God in a different way that I have never known him before. And I've been serving him since I was 14 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. And the God I know is not the God that I thought I knew. Mm. Because the first thing that I thought, I mean, first of all, you have to imagine, I was leading a prayer, uh, a little prayer and worship team on Fridays. And so that Friday, I woke up and I felt off kilter, like something was wrong, like my world had shifted, Mm. but I didn't know what was wrong. And I just kept saying, I don't know what what I'm feeling, what's going on. And so I called up a friend and I said, can you pray for me? Because I don't know what I'm feeling. I I don't know what's going on in my world. I just feel so off. And so um, she prayed for me. And then I contemplated going to lead prayer and worship that morning. I thought, Mm -hmm. well, you know, I should call everybody and say, I can't make it because I don't know what I'm feeling. And, you know, I thought, well... Because I'm feeling this way, I really should go. Right, right. Yeah. So I went in and I asked everybody to pray over me. I said, you just pray for me. I don't know what's going on with me. And unbeknownst to me, during that time while I was being prayed on, while I'm leading prayer and worshiping God, my daughter was laying in a room dead, unfounded. Mm. So, you know, after going through that and I got home and... Then I started, you know, thinking about my daughter. I texted her, hey, where are you? She wasn't responding. I kept texting her. And that evening, I just knew in my heart. And I said to my husband, something happened to my daughter. I just know it. I know it. And so, um, you know, my sister was trying to calm me down. And she said, you know, it's, it's, you know, we all feel this way about our kids. I said, no, something is wrong. And my husband had texted her and said, you know, your mom is losing it. Please, you know, you've got to text back. What's going on? And then we get a call from San Diego police. Mm. And I remember that night when he said, you know, this is her father. 
And when he said that, I just I just covered my ears and I started screaming and screaming. And I said, no way, no way. This is not possible Mm -hmm. because God would never do this to me. And that's what my family remember me screaming over and over as I dropped to the floor. I was pounding on the floor saying, no, no, this can't be true. God will never do this to me. I was, I'm his servant. I'm worshiping him. I was just I'm worshiping. I'm worshiping yeah, and everything. Yeah. How could you? You know, and that's when I had discovered who God truly was mm. and is. He's not the God that we think he is, that he's just going to come in and keep us all safe. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're all going to be this way. He said, we're going to face a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you go back and you think about the apostles and what they went through and how they died. And you're going, OK. Mm-hmm. So I had an experience with Jesus. I was crying and I was crying out to God. And I said, Father, this is my daughter. She was only 30. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared in the, my room covered in blood. And he said, this is my son. And he was 33. And I said, but my daughter, she didn't deserve the way she died. He said, my son was beaten and he, he's 100% innocent. Mm. And I said, but you're not a mother. (laughs) That's the only comeback I had. That's the Trump card too. He says, but his mother watched him. Oh boy. I said, okay, that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I had to, it, it, the pain was so severe that if I was near a bridge, it would have been so easy to fall over that bridge. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you're not thinking, it's just that pain you want it to stop. Yeah. And when I started thinking that way, I said, okay, God, you won. Today, I am die to myself mm-hmm. and I'm dead. Mm-hmm. You use me the way you want and after that, it's just amazing things started happening. There were just so many miracles, major miracles. I've encountered angels mm. and miracles that people just cannot believe. And in this case, it's, you know, we were the first uh, U.S. Marshal top 15 to receive $50,000. Uh, we were the first case that the DA's office ever got involved in an international manhunt and put money towards. Everything was the first for us. And so anyway, after six months, like I said, you know, when and I decided. All this has happened. You got the children, right? Yes. So I, had the I would I would imagine that they're traumatized. They were traumatized. I had to give them the word. I had to tell them yeah. their mom was dead. Mm. And so they they were in Arizona, correct? They were with me during they, that time because were. I, you know, and, and that's another thing. God had orchestrated everything. Wow. And you know, prior to my daughter being killed, and this was three weeks before she was killed, she called me up and she said, Mom. Something happened to me. Before that, she called me up and said, Mom, there's a snake that's chasing me, and it's as big as the house. I had this dream. It was horrible. And I said, well, let's pray against it. So we prayed against it. The next day, she said, Mom, remember that snake? And I said, yeah. She said, I had a dream about it, but his head was cut off. But Mom, his body was still alive. And then three weeks before she was killed, she called me up, and she said, Mom, something happened to me. This morning, I'm here in my office. Something happened to me. I said, what? She says, Mom, I died. And I went to heaven. And I saw Jesus. 
And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. You mean you had a dream last night? She says, no, mom, I died. I said, you died in your office? She goes, yes. And I said, how did you die? What do you mean? What are you talking about? She goes, mom, it doesn't matter how I died. I died. And mom, heaven is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. It says, she's, I said, well, describe it. She says, it's as bright as the sun, but the light doesn't hurt your eyes. Mm. And it's so beautiful, mom. And then her voice changed. And she said, and mom, I saw Jesus. And Jesus said, Crystal, if I send you back to earth, would you do exactly as I tell you? She said, yes, Lord, I will. And I said, well, what is that? She said, I don't know, but I'm sure he does. Hmm. And just everything that happened, including sending the kids to me for the summer, because, you know, she she works. And I said, well, send them with me for a couple months. And, and you know, she says, okay, um, we're going to do a one-way ticket. Hmm. And I said, one way? I said, no, no, round trip. Let's, you know, it's cheaper. And we've done this before. She says, mom, make it one way. And I said, no, why? Hmm. She said, just trust me, mom, one way. Mm. And the kids came to me one way. And I remember before, before that happened, the Lord grabbed my heart. I came out of my bedroom and suddenly I felt this urge to parent again, mm-hmm. like so deep as that pain was. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, what I would give to raise my children all over again. Mm. And I even looked at the stairs and Remembered them running up the stairs, making all this noise. I looked over the banister and I thought, even with them fighting, what I look forward to. And that was the Holy Spirit preparing me to receive them. Mm. And then when they arrived and I opened the luggage and I remember saying to myself, does she expect them back? Mm. You know, it was all there and God was already preparing me. Mm-hmm. And would you believe that when I moved her out of her condo, it was the exact day that her condo, her lease expired? Everything was so orderly mm-hmm. that it was like somebody wrote a book about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And that's how God works. Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke to me all throughout and answered me every time. And the first thing he said to me, the Holy Spirit was so close and said, Your daughter's spirit was snatched before Satan had his way with her body. Mm. I needed to hear that. Yeah. I needed to hear everything that God has spoken to me about. Mm. I mean, even with chasing him. And I remember frustration and say, Lord, why can I find him? He said, Josephine, do you really believe that I don't know where he's at? Mm. Wow. And then another time I went to him and, you know, we're not supposed to think bad thoughts and I got to forget this guy. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, that's, that was the biggest battle. I mean, yeah. you know, it's easy to forgive somebody and never talk about him again. Mm-hmm. But how do you forgive somebody that hurt you so deep and mm-hmm. taken away your child like this mm-hmm. in such a brutal way? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember turning to him and said, you know, Lord, you know my mind and you know the things that go through my mind. So I may as well just get it out there, talk to you about it, because you already know. And I said, you know what I would like to do to this guy? And I started describing to him. Yeah. And then he said, oh, so is that what you want me to do to you when you sin? Wow. 
There's no argument with God. There's mm-hmm. just none. Mm-hmm. And so ever since I died to myself, he has been using me. And even with Angels of Justice, I knew that I didn't want this to just be justice for Crystal because mm-hmm. I knew there were so many people out there hurting. Mm-hmm. And so I told the marshal, I need to create Angels of Justice. I didn't even know the name. I said, I need to create some kind of organization and attach all this publicity to it so I can help other families because there's so many of them out there that are hurting. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried thinking of names. I couldn't figure anything out. And I was in the shower and... He said, Angels of Justice. And I said, Angels of Justice. So I looked it up. It was available. Everything was available. .net, .com, .org. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. And so one day when I was talking to him and I said, you know, Lord, because somebody from Code Case Foundation was uh, talking to me. And he said, so how many people do you have on Angels of Justice? (laughs) Well, Well. (laughs) just me. And legions of angels. Yeah. And you've been helping uh, now, right? Assisting people who, groups who are rescuing children. Uh, It sounds to me like the Lord is using you in a pretty remarkable way. Because now you have a unique insight into the heart of parents, especially who are grieving. Absolutely. Uh, And I've always thought, you know, and I've said this many times at the show, you know, the best person to minister to a woman who has just gotten a diagnosis for breast cancer is not the woman who's never had breast cancer. It's the woman who got the diagnosis herself and has lived through chemotherapy and radiation and the exhaustion and the, the, the hurt. And my friend called it the indignity of a mastectomy Mm -hmm. and can come out on the other side Mm -hmm. and say, the Lord's going to be with you. And really that's what the Lord's doing through you. He's helping you walk parents through what is really the the valley of the shadow of death. Yes, yeah. yes. And in that valley, I had to come to a conclusion. And this is a very important part because when I came to the end of it, he said, you have to believe in full or do not believe at all. Hmm. You can no longer walk in the middle. If you believe that I exist, then you have to believe that I have my hand in this situation. Mm. You're at the end. You're going to go left or you're going to go right. Mm. But you know what was really unique? And my my, I just shared this with my pastor. And, you know, everybody must have thought I was going bonkers because I was saying things and they were all spiritual. Mm-hmm. I was just like living in a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. I was in a bubble. And the bubble was above this fire of hell. And I was just floating along and I'm looking out the bubble like this and I could see the worst pain and the worst suffering happening, mm-hmm. but I couldn't feel it. And the Lord said, you are engulfed with prayers mm-hmm. and that's you're protected. Powerful. And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And what a message I think now, I mean, obviously we're talking about one of the most, I mean, that what happened to you is a parent's worst nightmare. You got the call that no parent ever wants to get, but the, uh, the applications to human suffering are vast Yes, because there are so many people listening to this right now. And I told you before we started the show, I've gotten to where I don't even like to open my inbox anymore because every single day it's story after story after story of suffering and, um, people losing hope. And, and I was asking you, you know, what is, what is it that, you want to bring to this and you said I want people to know that there's hope 
that mm-hmm. at the at, at the end of all this, I mean, the question is how how God could you allow this to happen? Well, there are lots and lots of people listening to this right now who are asking that question. You know, why God have you allowed me to lose my job? Why has this happened? Why has that happened? And the the question of of human suffering. And as you have walked through really the valley of the shadow mm-hmm. of death, the Lord's really brought you into the light. Yes, to see that He is in all of it, and it takes away the sting not not the hurt, the sting of death, but the absolutely. sting it it removes because we realize the Lord is is doing something. He's in control. Yeah, he is. And it, wow, it takes away this, like in the middle of COVID right now, like we were talking about too before we did so much talking before we started recording. (laughs) It's probably a bad idea, but uh, the, the idea of how we have handled so badly as a church, yes, this disease, right? This bioweapon, which is COVID-19 and the church is forgotten. Our days are in the Lord's hands. Yes. And there's not a, there's not a human being. There's nothing that's going to thwart the plan of God. Nothing. Mm-mm. And that's what I saw. All the media attention I had, everybody that came around me, you could have walked in that day with $10 million and dropped at my feet and it would mean nothing, absolutely nothing to me. Mm-hmm. The only thing that mattered in my life was my relationship with God because I hung on to his legs with all my might. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when God opens doors, no man can shut it. I can just walk in. I'm just walking in doors. Mm-hmm. I just walk in and he's used me even recently. There's a high profile case in San Diego and um, of a missing mom. And there was just turmoil between the family, the lawyer and against the police. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cold Case Foundation had called me up and said, hey, you know, I volunteered with them as a um, special uh, victim advocate and trainer. And so anyway, they called me up and said, you know, are you willing to get in the middle of this really bad situation? And I said, absolutely, Mm. you know, and um, it was very interesting because I got involved as a victim advocate and I was able to uh, go into the police department and they welcomed me wholeheartedly. And, you know, the lieutenant and the captain were praying Mm. and asking because they were getting bombarded, attacked by every media out there saying they're not doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so um, I come from a unique perspective because I'm a former law enforcement Mm -hmm. and I'm a victim mom and I'm not seeing justice. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I'm able to see both sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I share with mothers that, you know, don't turn against them because these policemen and women are just the frontliners. They're just in the system and they can't, you know, they are human beings. They feel like you. They cry like you Mm. when you're not looking. I mean, you know, they're in pain. And the division, I think what's in the country, so fascinating to see what's happening right now. We're waiting right for the, for the verdict for Kyle Rittenhouse. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I said on the, on the show a couple of days ago, I think there's going to be blood in Kenosha either way, because we have, we have so stirred division in this country and the anti-police sentiment, sentiment and the laws that have been passed even here in Washington State, what, 12 of the worst anti-police laws on the books right here in Washington State. But I think it goes even farther, I think, to what you're saying is this spirit of division that we see. Absolutely. And that's the enemy. Yes, the Lord showed me. This is what happened. And I, and I shared this with churches and people like five years ago. Mm-hmm. I saw this all coming. And I said, here's the thing. You have to remember that back then in the old law, it was an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. A lot of horrible things happen. Western days, you know, you didn't like somebody, take them out there, shoot them out, you know, fight, hang them, whatever. Well, it's because of God and our prayers 
that covered the evil. Mm. But with what's happening and the confusion that's going on, all that prayers are being removed and the evil is surfacing. Mm -hmm. That's what we're seeing. We're going backwards. Boy, that's for sure. Because God made this He's not even trying to hide himself anymore. He's just walking around in broad daylight. Yes. And and it's like, this is crazy. I mean, you know, when when this whole political thing, infighting with the terrorist groups out there burning the cities and everything else, you know. I said, you guys, I mean, if if, you know, BLM are really serious about this, listen, there are states out there where blacks are being killed left and right by each other. Why don't you go help them? Mm -hmm. Why don't we find a solution? There's two hundred and fifty thousand cold case homicides in America. Two hundred and fifty thousand and like twenty thousand unidentified people in the name of system. We have a problem. Mm-hmm. Would we send 100 people to go fight a million people to, to protect this country? Mm-hmm. So why aren't we paying attention to the crime and who's behind holding back all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really a large part of what you're doing. You're looking to change the laws. You're yes. looking to say, hey, there's not enough labs to process this stuff. Right before yes. we started, you were saying there are innocent people yes. in, the, in our prison system yes. who are waiting the results of... Uh, DNA testing, DNA testing and they can't get it testing. back and so nope. they sit there and then there are guilty people who are running free yes the system is broken totally broken it yeah. does it's it's broken so and many broken things right now yes yeah yes and yeah. only god yeah and so you know I, I i'm like thinking okay lord you use me the way you want to yeah but a part of me just wants to say you know what i can sit there and and write 10,000 ways to change things. Mm-hmm. But truly, the only thing that can change things is God and people changing their hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you cannot legislate the human heart. You cannot. This is the issue with the gun control laws and all yes. the things like we we really believe if if we're going to if we're going to stop crime, we just need to remove guns from people. Well, if murder is in the heart of a human being, they need a rock or a butter knife or a poison pill or a, a vehicle, right? And so it has to come back to God's people crying out to God and saying, we need your help. Yes. We need your help. And I'm so uh, encouraged by what you're doing because you're taking what could have been, and in many cases is, Mm. a life-altering, crippling event in the life of a human being. And you have surrendered that to the Lord and the Lord is redeeming it. Amen. And, um, you know, 87% of marriages fail Mm -hmm. when you lose a child. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, you know, I discovered is because grief is an individual thing. Yeah. So you process it individually. So you 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 pull away from each other to process, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to give it to God and hang on to him mm-hmm. because only him can hold this together. Mm-hmm. And that is true. For every person yes. listening to this right now, whatever your whatever the reason that you're grieving, yes, you know a lot of people are just grieving, looking at the country and going, "What in the world? I don't even yes. recognize my country anymore." Or we live with this crippling fear of the "what ifs." I call the "what if" monster. You know, "what if this" and "what if that," and you've learned in a very unique way that we don't need to worry about the "what nope. ifs" because God will be there. Yes, wherever wherever we 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 go. He'll yes. be there. God was so strong in my life. I was, for the first month, I was afraid to turn to the right quickly because I thought I'd run into him. Oh, my. He was so strong. Mm-hmm. He was everything I asked. I would tell people, what do you need? You want healing? Let me pray over you because God is with me. 
everything I asked, he responded. Every single thing. I heard him so clear. Do you think this comes up? The, the, the verse that says that he's near to the brokenhearted. Yes, and yes. And he really did draw near to you. And, uh, so near. It's just yeah. I've never felt his nearness like this. I'm just yeah. a changed woman, but mm-hmm. I chose to to be changed for the good because mm-hmm. I died to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if there are people out there that says, I'm tired of this life, good for you. Mm-hmm. Then give it to God. Mm. give it to God saying, you know what, God, I feel like dying. I don't want to live anymore to this. So therefore consider me dead, do whatever you want to do with me. Mm. And I guarantee you, you'll see a difference in your life. Surrender, And you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only way it's going to happen because you have so many organizations out there right now that are organizing, coming from their own thoughts, their own plans and whatnot. But when God leads you, you don't need to organize. You just mm. you just follow wherever wherever he leads. He just opens the door and say, "Here, go in here. Here, go in there." Mm. And so, you know, I just for me, I want to bring the message of hope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that no matter what you're facing, no matter how bad it is, surrender your life. I promise you, you will be a different person, mm. and, and let it, God use you. It really is. Uh, an issue of surrender. And I love what the Lord has done in your life. So beautiful. And he's redeeming it. One of my favorite stories, and I've talked about it many times over the years here at the show is uh Corey Ten Boom story mm. and of her sister, when her sister Betsy was dying mm. and Corey was so angry at the injustice, right? That's, that is the, that is the bottom line. Our souls cry for justice, right? We, mm. we recognize the injustice of this mm-hmm. whole thing. And Corey, so angry at the injustice of the death of her sister and losing her family and looking at what's happening around her in a Nazi concentration camp. And it was Betsy, even as she was dying, who said, Corey, there's no pit so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. Mm-hmm. And he meets you there. And he Amen. met you there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so encouraging. Tell us about your book really quickly, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to link back to it in the show notes today. It's called okay. The Chase in Hot Pursuit of My Daughter's Killer. So you it t- you tell the story of your daughter's murder and the subsequent uh, uh, pursuit that you have engaged in. And then you say this is the beginning, but there's another book coming, which I think is exciting. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Lord called me to write this book because I really wanted to tell my story and I wanted to to bring hope for other parents mm-hmm. that are going through the same thing mm-hmm. and give some tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other book that I, I need to write is is about um, all the miracles that took place. And mm. there were major miracles that took place. Mm. And really, that ultimately, I think, is going to be the takeaway. Yes. That people remember, at least it's my takeaway from talking with you, the heartache of the, the murder uh, of your daughter and then the redemption that followed and how God prepared your daughter and prepared you. And yes. I've had over the years, you know, lots of people on the show who have walked through deep water and the themes are always the same. The suffering looks different, but the voice of the Lord is the same. Yes. You know, when he meets you in the dark places and uh, and he doesn't want us to give up because he's always doing something. And this is the time when he uses you. And you know what I tell other moms that are going through this? Mm. This is the time to seek God because this is the time he's closest to you and the most visible. Mm. When you're in that pain, seek him because he will show you things that you've never seen before and may transform you like you've never been transformed before. It's an opportunity. Mm. Don't miss the opportunity to find God in the worst of your worst pain. Wow. 
Well, that is where I want to end this because that is a note for people to remember that that God is always present. Where can people find you online, uh, Josephine? Angelsofjustice.org. And your book, The Chase, is available at Amazon? It's available on Amazon, The Chase. Mm -hmm. Now, there's there's a bunch of books called The Chase and The Romantic. It's not the one. (laughs) This is a picture with your daughter. I think people will see it immediately, the the, beautiful picture of your daughter on the front cover of the book. Uh, and uh, I just I'm, I'm so thankful to know you. I'm thankful that there's another warrior that lives right here in Congressional <laughs> District three. I don't know how we didn't meet before, uh, but I'm very, very glad to have you here. And I hope you'll keep me posted on how this goes and, and come back. And I appreciate your willingness to speak into the pain that so many people are experiencing right now and say, hey, don't give up. God's there. He's yes. right here. Amen. He's right here. Josephine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You guys, for more information on Josephine's book, The Chase in Hot Pursuit of My Daughter's Killer, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down uh, in the show notes today and I will link back to uh, both the book and to Josephine's organization. I want to encourage you. I know a lot of you are suffering right now because I'm hearing from you every single day of the week uh, to really lean into what the Lord has done in Josephine's life and in the lives of so many other people who've experienced suffering. I loved what she said, and I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, If you're suffering right now, lean in to the Lord. He wants to be with you. The Bible teaches us that he is near to the brokenhearted, that he literally collects your tears in a bottle. It matters to him, and he's waiting to talk with you. Thanks for listening to everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.